there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Stack and Pennies presented by Mobile One. Back to back busher. Holy moly, who'd have thunk it? But RFK back in victory lane. Two weeks in a row holding back. MTJ and that fast hot rod. He had an MTJ that's coming back for one more season. We're going to break down all of that in the woe of the week. And also joined by another Aussie trying to come take our lunch money. Brody Kostecki, V8 Supercars points leader, joining us right in studio before his Indy GP debut. This is Tech and Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. Hello, friends. I am Corey LaJoy, driver of the number seven Chevy Camaro, joined by the normal band of characters, minus one. To my right, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be back. It's going good. Nice shirt. Thanks. What is that? Jason Isbell. Is that a band? Yeah. yeah. Oh. He's in the drive-by truckers back in the day. He does solo stuff now. Did the, did the dog ears open for the band? No. <laughs> no. We aren't that good. Were oh. you on the front? Were you on the battlefront last week? Is uh, that where you were? Two weeks ago. Yeah. Did and you win? Yeah. Yeah. No, you weren't here last week. I know. I wasn't so I didn't here know last if you week. You were at, in battle because I got trench foot Sick. as Merriman said. Hey, so your trench. immune system was doing battle. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was it, it hit me like Saturday night at like eleven o'clock at night. I just got like it, I thought it was just like the heat because we'd well, been out in the probably the mealworms. No yeah. mealworms this time. We had like oh. good good uh, Brunswick stew oh, for wow. dinner. Like we ate really well this time. Maybe it um, was the uh what's that fish? MREs. Was that fish? Yeah. Monkfish? Monkfish, Monkfish stew. But yeah, yeah. from like Two in the morning until five in the morning, uh, no sleep because we were just getting attacked the whole time. You know, it's just uh, yeah, so. getting attacked. Yeah, yeah. Did you say it's Jizzery and Acme? Go to bed. <laughs> Let me we sleep. Did. We'll do we it did. in the morning. Like, we're trying to sleep here. <laughs> Can you guys keep it down? No, they were mm. shooting off flares and like simulated charges, and it was some intense stuff. So mm. that's what you signed up for, Chuck. It is. I had a great time. I laughed. Was it that this week? Merriman put in the group chat that somebody messaged him on Instagram. Oh yeah. And- I was just looking at that. Yeah, I I, uh, I do Battlefields too, so it's cool that my favorite show has one of my favorite guys does reenactments too. And yep. what Merriman say? He said Jonathan discovered you on the podcast with with Corey, which is great, by the way. I'm a fellow motorsports industry uh, worked at Hyperco. I've worked in motorsports most of my life. When I found out you reenacted, I had to reach out. You're not the only one out there. A bigger insult than Jimmy not getting every vote is being mistaken as Chuck Bush. <laughs> and Chuck, you might have shot that guy, so he might not listen to the show anymore. So that'd be unfortunate. Can we just go? Ahead? Oh, you want to hear? I heard a good one today. What'd you hear? The Kelsey's brothers. Yeah, they have a podcast. Yeah, and they said they were they won an award that we were also up for. Really? So they won the award. Which one? The uh, I don't know. Best best podcast. Was it the, of all ha- time? Was it the hashtag one? Sure. Okay. Whatever award they won it. 
and they were like, were we second? They were like, we want it. And these were the other people in there. And they were like, this one, this one. And some Corey Leja. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he does. And they were like, yeah. Oh, he must be a French race car driver. <laughs> That's what I'm serious. Must be a French race car driver. I got to find that clip out from somewhere. But Corey Le, Le Joie. Le, Le Joie. What's well, LaJoy, dude? We're American. Get it straight. That way. You're a French race car driver, apparently. How was Le Mans? Le Mans was, I don't even know French. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And we beat out Le Joie. Stacking pennies with Corey. Well, hey, it's still a big deal, I guess. I don't yeah. know if we're in the same. We lost, but. We're we're nominated podcasting though. Like yes, award nominated. Gotta, sure. Yeah, you got to be in to win it, right? Yeah. That's right. Somebody else was in it to win it this weekend. Chris Busher, come out of nowhere. RFK, both cars Love in the to top five, it. second week in a row. Totally different racetrack. What they're doing over there is working. It's working. Something else too. Confidence. Confidence goes a long way. Of just what you're doing on the simulator, what you're looking at on simulation. Brad hasn't cut any corners. They've hired great people. They've spent a lot of money to get good people in the door. Yep. Brad Kozlowski is a championship guy that came from a championship organization. Knows what and, it takes. You know, it, but, but it's like the old song. You ever heard the, I'm going on a bear hunt? <laughs> you ever heard that one yet I'm with sure, your kid? I'm sure Chuck sings that. Well, it's you can't go. He says you can't go over it. You can't go under it. You got to go through it. Mm. And he went through it. Yeah. Like Brad Brad had a rough go at it there. Yeah. And, and they're coming out the other end, and they you know they didn't, they didn't fudge it. I mean, who'd have had Chris Busher being a – deep playoff contending team right now love to see it i mean if you listen to this show i I feel like very confident in saying we have gone on record saying that we felt like they were close to breaking through several times and then when they did they broke through like it wasn't just like oh yeah they won a race cool yeah back to back well two different types of tracks well with this car man you're if you are off you're searching you're searching you're searching then you find a little bit of a glimpse and you get a little bit of confidence and you start figuring out some tire data or just some sort of feel your driver's looking for and you can hit on it and go on a streak i mean we, we see that with the 19 car right now he is strong everywhere they go dude and that's what i was gonna talk about like it sucks when you have a car as dominant as the 19 does it's like okay just execute and we're gonna go win this thing and they do they come out behind the 17 they're wheeling him down he gets there and that's what was so impressive chris arrow blocked him perfectly and like he wasn't dirty but he made it to where he was a pain in the ass and got the air just on him right, and he drove on the win. And I was wondering, because I wasn't there, what did the cloud cover late in the race have anything to do? Did it change? Do you uh, think it changed Martin's dude, car? The air, the air temp cooled down probably 25 degrees. Yeah, because they were talking like rain was maybe going to come in. I got out of the car. I'm like, holy cow, it's cold. It was like freezing cold. It was like. 50 and when you stick when you guys started it only happened in like the last if it seemed like it only happened like the last run it got overcast and got really cold so the track locked right down got tight freaking michigan it was interesting obviously we ran what was it 80 percent of it on uh 75 percent of it no we weren't quite to half you weren't to half you were percent of it on uh on sunday i'm glad because i feel like our car was capable of where of much more than where we were at on uh Sunday afternoon when they started to catch some rain, had a little bit of track position, gave it up, um, trying to race your guy. I got I got phone calls, text messages. I t- I flipped on our radio, so I, I had flown um, back to New Jersey on Sunday, and our flight got delayed. So I was flying and landed, and uh, in Philly, race was on rain delay when I landed, and I just put it on in the car. I was driving back from Philly to the beautiful Jersey Shore, and. Uh, I was kind of flipping between MRN and listening to 
Blaney's radio, listening to your radio some, listening to the guys that were pitting just to kind of hear what they were saying. And I flipped on the Blaney's radio and he just said, Corey LaJoy every week or whatever he said. And I was like, oh, man. And then it started raining and my phone started going off. And I'm like, hey, guys, I don't drive the seven. Yes, we are good friends, but like. Uh, yeah, you ain't I'm not the, even you there. Ain't, yeah, you're not riding along. I'm in with New me. Jersey. <laughs> trying not to even, go to Wawa. <laughs> not even a mission. <laughs> trying to eat, eat a Wawa meatball sup. Yeah, what the hell? But, um, it, yeah, talk through that. Because it, it seemed like it, it's – it, first off, it's interesting for me, right? Because yeah. like I told you, it's something that you'll have to get through because the better you run, the more people are going to be pissed off at you. Because when you're running 25th and back, nobody's really going to be mad. So the better you run, right, the more that you're going to get punched in the helmet and yelled at. Preferably not. Preferably yes, not, but that's yeah. That's usually but, what happens. Dude, nope. who's gotten in the most fights? Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Danny Hamlin, yeah, Kyle Busch, right? I mean, those guys are racing for wins, but yes, I, I understand your case. But it's because they're racing up front all the racing time. Racing hard, yeah. They're not fighting for 25th. Right. So we had a good car. We were, we were edgy all weekend, spun out in practice, just trying to find the limit. Luckily, didn't get any substantial damage we changed the bumper cover and let it eat i think right rear toe link started from the back drove to like i don't know 19th right off the bat i'm like ooh, this thing's really good got some track position got a stage point stage one to finish finish 10th put rights on it we were like seventh or eighth run the top in one and two big run on the back stretch and the way michigan is specifically on restarts is if you have a run you get let's just say you get a run on somebody and you don't use it. You enter the corner kind of behind them, and you get gummed up, and you get some dirty air. If you commit to not passing that guy, then your momentum's broke, and you're now lost momentum to that guy in front of you, and the guy behind you now has a run. And more than likely, he's going to take the run and do the thing. He should have done the slide. He's going to do the slide job on you of what you should have done the guy before, and now you're three positions back from where you should have been. So that was the precedent set early. And we saw guys with – you know, somebody in a very similar situation as I was with a little bit less capable capability and car control spin out back in the fence. Luckily for me, I have very good control of my car. I didn't crash. So when I caught the 12. Tell me about, yeah, Kyle Busch. Yeah, I hate it for him. <laughs> he was on the was, rollback. It was a different, it was a, a similar looking, but a very different move. But he crashed and I didn't crash. Hey. So go down the back stretch and I have a big run on the 12. I'll get to. What did he call you? Pain of the d- pain of the <laughs> copy so the, the, I, you're taking jabs because he called you pain i see i see it i don't forget hey and i'll be a pain on microphone too but he backed us up in the fence i didn't crash he was watching the race from the couch on monday oh boy so down the back stretch, i get a run he is also not playing kickball too so oh, okay. About. okay down the back stretch, i'm like i've got a run here i'm gonna take it so my car handled pretty good on the bottom shot the bottom lifted like normal a little bit of break and there was he was in when I went back and looked at it he was in my blind spot so I had no idea where he was at if I was clear not clear and that's a bad angle for TJ clearing it or not so I w- drove in there with the intention of clearing him into and sliding one. into three in the three okay yeah that is a bad angle so in hindsight I w- should have just went up there and taken it yeah. but I thought in the moment that it was too tight I didn't want to be a dick and throw a tight slide job on him take his air, shut him off, and end up him in the high groove. Well, going back on SMT and looking, once he realized how short and shallow he drove it in, he realized I was clear, and he literally went back to wide open to get back to my right rear corner. 
put me in a bad arrow spot, got loose, chased it up the hill. Luckily, both didn't crash. You know, he catches me, gives me a door, rightfully ma- rightfully mad because we both lost 10 spots. So we get out and we're like walking different directions. I was like, it's like, that was close. He goes, what, when you drove me up in the weeds? I'm like, no, when you drove it on my right recorder panel, when I was clear, and then you about spun me out and we ended up in the weeds. So there was a little bit of like disagreement, obviously, from his windshield and from my windshield. But by the time, after about five minutes of our conversation, I was like, what do, what do you want me to do there? If I drive it in the corner with the intention of clearing you, do you want me to ju- would you rather me just chop you and throw a, a tight slide job and you'd be mad at me for that? Or would you rather give me a lane, rather you have a lane to get to my back to my right corner and potentially make me loose and we both end up losing spots? Which one would you rather me do? Because that was the situation that I put in. And he kept saying, well, you drove it in five car lengths deeper, which I was like, mm, I don't really think I did. So I went back and looked it up on SMT and we lifted at the exact same spot. So uh, just because he used some brake, he was a little bit conservative getting the three, allowed me to roll that much distance on him. And if I would have known that I was completely clear like I was, I would have just taken it instead of a throwing a 95% slide job and would have pissed him off for that Dumb as opposed question. to all of us losing 10 spots. That's Dumb. what I would have done next time. Dumb question. So SMT tells a pretty good tale, but my question is this, and this is merely just a question. I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. If you had a run and you're going just for the sake of numbers, 10 mile an hour faster mm-hmm. and you lift at the same exact point, if you're rolling 10 mile an hour faster and you lift at the same point, would it not appear that you drove in the corner yeah. deeper? So like, so saying that you lifted at the same point, it could be a little bit like, cause, cause if you lifted at the same point and you're going the same speed, you wouldn't have gotten so far up on them. Correct. But, but I think what, I think what, you know, his point was all of is like, Hey dude, if you're going to throw the slider, throw it. Yeah. Cause the worst thing you can do is throw a short slider. And, and that's what, that's you what, said. That's what, and that's what you said. You're like, ah, I threw, threw a short slider. Cause he said like, he said even like, if he would have just done it, I could have just crossed him up and we could have went on. Yeah. And it, it doesn't help the fact that it happened and then the cost came out. So there was no time to cool off. Cause the next day he's like, Hey, I'm still going to play kickball. You know, we just had to talk about yeah. it, but yeah, I mean, that's like that's just and I talked on Saturday. Like we're, like we're cool. It's just you race, you get aggravated with, with each that's other it. and you keep it moving. I'd rather you guys get aggravated with each other than just be honky dory the whole time. Yeah. But how, do, so how do you in that moment determine like, all right, this is when I'm going to take that run. Or this is when I'm like, what is it in that moment that this it, is now when I'm at I'm that do point it. in the race? I think we were let's just call it 60 laps in. I don't know. We have good track position up to that point in the race. The precedent was already set that if you don't use the run, the guy behind you is going to use it and then slide you. So if you don't want to get slid, you better slide somebody else, or you're just going to lose track position because it's so hard to pass. You have to take the run when you get it. So at that point. The, in the run, we had good track position. There was a gap in between the two and the 12. I'm like, okay, I can get there. And I threw a 97% side job and gave him the opportunity in the lane to get back out there. It wasn't like I was out of control getting to that point. I was out of control when he rolled back out there and, and took the took the air off my door. So it's uh, in the in the future, I just if I even if I don't see him in that blind spot, TJ and I go and clean that up of like, okay. You know what my intention is getting in there. You tell me to take it when I when it's clear. Do you say down the back stretch, slingshot, engage. <laughs> no, shake and bake. <laughs> or you say shake and he goes, and bake. And he knows what you're doing. Uh, I well, don't think so. so. And motions. So do you get 
so so yeah in the future you complete the run if you're him in that situation what do you do like what do you think like where's your frustration come from i don't he didn't he didn't anticipate me good getting in as hard as i did and being able to clear him i just i don't think that he drives it back to i don't think he floors it in the middle of the corner the the prior to the middle of the corner if there's a nine or a 23 i i just don't i think that it's something a little bit of like the seven car is not supposed to pass me. Like I'm a, You're like, saying if there's a nine or a 23 on the door. Yeah. I'm, oh, okay. On the door of my car, I don't think that he drives back to my right rear quarter panel. Which, he gives it, he gives him the spot. And then like Kyle Busch said, it's just a different way of racing. You race somebody down in the corner. Be- previously that somebody would have give you that spot and then yeah. you get it back later in the race. So a little bit of that's racing around him more often if he gets used to, or if he thinks, you know, it's like, okay, he's, respected enough or he I'm used to seeing him up here racing enough to give him a spot because I know I'm going to race him but generally speaking he doesn't see me up there racing a lot so if he if I roll him and he leaves a lane open he's going to put me in a in a, a bad spot and make me lift so like I said in my interview on TV like I'm going to learn that those guys up until you learn and get some some earn some respect from those guys from racing up there more often they will put put you in very bad spots yeah so if you want to be in those spots, you better be more defensive, and so you don't get put in one of those spots. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Ryan like I've been with Ryan for damn near a decade now, off and on. And I will say this: he's gotten used up more than he's used people up. He's one of the cleaner race car drivers. I'd agree out there. And you know, you've said that you feel like he puts you in bad spots sometimes. And I don't know if that's just because of his code. Like he's got a pretty strong code of of like how to race each other. Yeah, racing etiquette. He's got very, very good racing etiquette. Sometimes for who you're racing around at times, it might be too good. Yeah. Um, because like, it seems like we'll have a great road course race going. If there's, if there's Sonoma point in case, right? We got spun out running fifth and then we were 30th and got spun out again. Mm. And it's like, what, why are we backwards? And freaking road courses. But he's, but he's raised and taught to race by, you know, one of the cleanest guys that's ever done it as yeah. well by Dave. B- but it's funny because you look at it like it depends on what truck you're standing on or what car you're in or, how, you know, yep. what what your code is. And everybody's different because the eight was mad at Ryan. Yeah. When the and eight, the eight was like in there way, too way, way shallower than you and just tried to move him up and he lost it and wrecked. He was mad at Ryan like, well, back in the day, he'd have given me that spot. So that's how he thinks he should be raced. Yeah. And then you go up to him like, hey, man. What do you want me to like teachable moment? What do you want me to do? Yeah. So you're thinking of it different and and Ryan's like, this is how it's three different, very different opinions. And that's it's not just three of them, it's forty of them throughout the field. For sure. So that's why we, I think we're in a we're in a we have been in a very big change in the guard. We've talked about it a ton on this show, how, you know, the level of respect has gone down, even with the guys that are buddies, hence Larson and Denny. Hence you and Ryan Ryan Priest, right? And like Blaney. I would consider you guys buddies. You yeah. and Blaney, you you just the, everybody's trying to figure out what that code is because the old code's gone, right? So guys like Kyle Busch and and even like Denny will talk about it. He doesn't always he doesn't always preach it, but he'll talk about it. And Harvick, mm-hmm. it's like hey, when you were getting when they were getting yelled at by freaking Terry Labonte, right? Right. This is how we race a certain way. And now it's changed. So there's a whole mixed bag throughout the field of how they race each other, which is you have to learn each other. And you don't race in the top 10 with a car that can keep going forward. You haven't done that. Often. 
often. Yeah. So you know how to race against Eric Jones, right? When you're racing in the 15th to 25th area. Right. That's just, it's something that you. Well, and there's also tendencies out. of guys, right? Like, that, and that's exactly what I'm saying, right? Yeah, there's tendencies of guys learn because. The tendencies of even, you, you know, even racing around, you know, Denny a little bit, if, if I'm having a good day and he's having a little off day, he's not rolling out to your right recorder at that spot, at that point in time of the race, which was a little bit surprising to me that he did, right? Like. So now you'll know different, like, okay, if he does that, I won't, I won't do this, right? Exactly. And that's how you learn. Okay. So if. Well, there's some if guys that like there's Brad, some guys if, that'll chase you down in the corner and keep it on your right quarter, and there's some guys that don't, and it's all situational. Yeah. And obviously, if the pay window's opened up, then then everybody's racing everybody really hard. But just uh, you know, another another learning experience. Luckily, we both didn't crash. He was able to to recover for a top ten day, and and we had a top fifteen day. Uh, so that was overall really good. Do me a favor, for the sake of my data usage on my phone, take it easy on the twelve car. Because my phone can't take, I'm going to run out of whatever data usage I have. I'll buy you some minutes. I I did find it very funny, though. Like, when that happened, I opened up Facebook and hit the, uh, oh, you have memories for today. And four years ago to the day that you guys got into it, you were guest hosting on Glasscase and had on the plastic box of feelings shirt. Yeah. Maybe it was, maybe. It was was meant to be. It was fake. It was meant to be. Yeah. I'm too old to believe in coincidences anymore, Chuck. (laughs) It was meant to be. Yep. So I'm glad they... Rebounded for a top 10 day. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do your pennies stretch as far as they used to? Most likely it doesn't. Here's why. It took 200 years for the U.S. to print its first $5 trillion. Today, Washington has done that in just three years. The problem, every new dollar makes each one of your dollars worth less, robbing you and every other hardworking American. You can stop this cycle of robbery by diversifying your IRA or 401k into gold, an asset that has stood the test of time. Our new sponsor, Birch Gold Group, has helped tens of thousands of Americans protect their retirement savings with physical precious metals. Now you can too. Get a free info kit on gold right now by texting the word Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, to 989-898. With an A-plus rating with the BBB, you're in good hands with Birch Gold. So get your free info kit by texting Corey to the number 989-898. Go check them out. Put some pennies in some gold. What else we got? It's a big week for Hall of Fame stuff. That was, oh, I mean, Michi- Michigan I was, was sour, bro. I was I, I sour. I understand why you were sour. I also want to say that that was a cool room to be in. Chuck's the one. Chuck's one of the ones that. Did Are you one of the four? No, 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 no. Put not, it, not red that alert. Not that red room. alert. No, red alert. I'm saying the room, <laughs> seeing Donnie Allison, like, 
Yeah. Like how yeah. excited he was. How pumped up was he? Oh, he, so pumped up. Was he? Yeah. And then both Chad and Jimmy, like, they came in to do their press conference. And, like, you see Jimmy walk around the corner, and you, you could tell he was, like, this. Elated. Yeah. And, it, it like, you could see the emotion and the happiness on his face. And same with Chad. Uh, like, it, Hang on a second. So, was everybody that was on the ballot there? No. And I was going to say that would get awkward. The, yeah. Like, what are they, like, in the waiting room, like, you're at the dentist? Like uh, Mr. Knaus and Johnson, please head. Come they they were in a separate room. Donnie was out in the main room when it was announced. Was he like eating a bagel, <laughs> like spread some cream cheese? Like, he, oh, I'm in the Hall of Fame. He was sitting there. And he, like Dale Inman was a little bit far down from him, and um, you know, they like you see them kind of look over and be like, yeah, all right, <laughs> hell yeah. And it, you know, his take was to be na- like he's. Ha- I forgot what year he said it was that he got his first NASCAR license. But he, he put it in perspective of, like, to be in the list with those guys that, you know, are already enshrined and to have been a part of this sport from the 50s to now. Mm. Like, to see the growth, he was like, it's just an honor to be a part of that and to, like, know that you're recognized for that. I uh, I love Donnie Allison. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. I did not expect it. No, but I think that helmet needs to go in the uh, in the Hall of Fame. Because is he – was it him or was it – um, it was smashing Kale Yarbrough in the Bo- head. Was it Donnie that threw the helmet, or was it Bobby? Bobby had Kale by like the leg. I think Donnie, Donnie comes was in swinging with the it. swinging the helmet. Yeah, he yeah. said that Kale was hitting his head on his helmet. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what. Yeah, it, yeah. Who'd you expect if, to, if it wasn't Donnie? Who'd you expect? I don't know who else was in that. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, uh, still the, I'm still Neil on the Neil Bonnet, Tim Brewer, yeah. Jeff Burton, Carl Edwards, AJ Foyt, Harry Gant, Harry Hyde, Banjo, Ralph Moody, Larry Phillips, Ricky Rudd. God, there's so many good people the, on that list, dude. Everybody was like pre, like everybody that was working on that that day was like, all right, who who you got? Who the three you got got in? Everybody was Jimmy and Chad are a lock. Should have been, should have been animus. But everybody was thinking Banjo Matthews would. You know been. what? It was probably the producer stacking pennies that didn't vote him because he ain't come on the show yet. <laughs> I told Nick to don't give him a little box check. Vote for somebody yep, else. That's what it but was. I there, got there was. Some of the debate prior to it apparently was not at, not he was active too recently. Yeah, but I mean I don't know. I feel like when that guy when that guy got out of at Phoenix five years ago, whatever it was, four years ago, right in the hall they just in. just give put a jacket right on yeah. that guy. So so at what point? Let me let me open a can of worms. At what point does Ron Malik go in the Hall of Fame? So for, I, I, for so yeah. so for people that don't know yeah. who Ron Malik is right, he was the car chief on. He was the car chief, the lead mechanic on all seven championships. On, on all seven championships, with Jimmy and Chad the whole time. So you can't measure. He's not a crew chief, or he's not a driver. There's probably not stats for him. But like when you look at what he's done for the sport, the people that has come up, the people, especially just in in Hendrick alone, that have come up behind him, become great car chiefs, gone on to have great careers that he trained. Right, that's immeasurable. And then. Just the impact that he had on Hendrick Motorsports Mechanics where it gave him a, a great award. But, like, where do we draw the line? Why is he not Why is he not going to – you think he'll be on the ballot one day? Or I mean, what does I, that look like? There is a possibility for that. I, I mean, you have a finite list of – What if we made the case, Chuck? What if we made the case that there needs to be a – because it can't be crew chiefs because crew chiefs are, are like, but I mean, in, the, in the main – 
ballot, right? But like, I'm not saying there needs to be a, a mechanic or a picker guy every year, but like the top, like the top one percent of the one percent, like Ron Malik. Okay, well let me let me deserves to be devil's ad, advocate to that. Yeah. What about pit crew guys? Like like well, yeah, what? That's a great point you bring up. I'm I just saying they're point. athletes. No, I, have, I have one for you. I got one for you. Okay. So, what qualifies you to be in NASCAR Hall of Fame? What do you have to have? What are the numbers you have to have? Good ones. But do you have to is have good 20 numbers? 20-plus wins? Is it a championship? What is it? Donnie Allison does not have that 20-plus wins. Yeah. But if you, if, you, if you take a look at, you know, impact on the sport and what, you know, you have done for the sport outside of just wins. So when you look at, like, but that's a great point, even, like Ron Malik. Right. So let me, tell, let, me, I'm not, let, me, like, let me read you stats and you tell me if this belongs in the Hall of Fame. Are you reading Ron Malik's stats? No, because I'm no, I'm not. This is a total different guy. This is a guy you probably be. never heard of. Okay. Let me read you these stats and tell me if he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Four Daytona victories, three Brickyard 400s, four Southern 500s, three All-Star race wins, 1997 Winston Million winner, five championships, 1994 Unical pit competition winner, 2005 individual pit competition winner, 18 total rings, right? Part of the Rainbow Warriors. He was part of the group that got taken to Yates, right? Mike Trower, 27 year career changing tires yeah right he won the freaking unical pit competition and the pit competition in downtown charlotte yeah. like 11 years separate from each other no, that's longer than 94 and 05 94 yeah so that's 11 years right yeah that's right yeah so so that's longer than the span of some pit crew guys yeah why why is he not even why is he not on the ballot because that's better than almost every driver that is that is in there like that's better i'm not on jeff burton no. It's better than Jeff Burton. That's better than Carl Edwards. That's better than any of those guys have ever dreamed of doing. I so think. So how do you how do you raise the how do you get the conversation started to create a a way that those guys can get recognized? And that's that's yeah, the I question. Think that's what we just did. No, but that's the so that's the question. Like I'm not yeah. coming at it as like okay, we need to have a picker guy and we need to have somebody from the garage in every week, but it's like you know we all talk about. NASCAR being a team sport, right? Everybody wants to talk about. I do about think, though, I do think there is a place to recognize in the Hall of Fame that's not a crew chief, that's either a, a road mechanic and or pit crew member. Every year, we have the Squire yeah. Hall Award, right? I put where, where they they talk about broadcasters and their impact on the sport. Yeah, I, I I'm a hundred percent on board with the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Has only been around since what two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you look at a baseball, football hall, like they've enshrined hundreds, right? Like you go to the baseball hall of fame and there's just people on people on people on people. I think that there is room and you know, we've adjusted the ballot now to what two modern era, one pioneer, and then the um, landmark award. I think that there is room somewhere in that discussion to have a crew road crew, pit crew, whatever you want to, yeah, Road Warrior. Right. Well, I don't think it needs to be that, right? Like with numbers like that and what Mike Trower has done, there needs to be no, he needs to have his own deal and he needs to be in the NASCAR Hall of Fame just yeah. just along Richard Petty and all those guys because it it's not a it's not a it's not a hey, here's a road crew award, here's a mechanics award. It's like no, that no, guy's earned his jacket. right. That guy's won the races yeah. and earned his right and was so sought after in his time. And my point is this, like it'd be like going to NFL Hall of Fame and they only induct quarterbacks quarterbacks and head coaches right because everybody wants to talk and i and i'm not like i don't know that we're there yet because we've only been the the nascar hall of fame is relatively new in the span of time but 
I guess what my point is, is everybody wants to sit there and talk about it's a team sport until it's time to think about accolades. Then it's not, right? It's team sports. My talent, thank my guys. Thank the guys back at the shop until it's until it's not. And that's where like the the guys in the garage area are doing they're they're dedicating their life as much, if not more. In time spent. In time spent. Like like I could I could sit here and argue and I don't I'm not trying to get on a, a soapbox and say that I don't think anybody's you know, up in opposition in opposition of it, but it's like Okay, let's let's take a look at it. It's time to, and it's time. It, it's hard for the '90s unless you have a career like Mike Trower, right? Because we didn't have rosters, and we didn't keep numbers on all that. But now that we have rosters and roster limits, it's easier to, okay, this guy won these races, just yeah. like just like as a driver, because we didn't keep stats on it. So you're pioneers for that, not pioneers in the sense of the. But if you look at your uh, Glenn and Leonard Wood, like you know. Mm-hmm. They're going in not just for the driving stuff, for but what they did for for the whole sport, the whole sport, and evolving the pit stop. Yeah, uh, you know, Chad Canaus, Rainbow Warrior, does all that yeah. stuff. You like it, so they, it's it's represented. But right now, like like you're saying, we're yeah. If you make it to a crew chief, then yeah, you can get in. But that modern era, like the true modern era of the '90s and on, where the pit stops became professional. Yeah, it wasn't just yeah. Oh, hey, you know. Kyle Petty, you're going to pit the car this week because, you know, your dad's running, so you're going to be on the crew. Once it became professional, I think that that's where you can start yeah. drawing that line. Well, and the same thing with, like, like the two guys that I would advocate for right off the bat is the, and the, the only two that really just stick out in my mind, obviously Ron Malik, because, you know, he he's an integral part of that team, and you don't – I don't know. Like, I can't make the argument. Like, you don't – you would say you don't have Jimmy Johnson without Chad Knauss. Right, and you might not have Chad and Jimmy Johnson without Ron Malik. So, well, the, he, he was the, part the of the car chief is the the one that's pushing and pulling and getting all the tricks on that thing. Car chief's the first one in, the last one to leave. That's it. Right, and and if something if the if the rear end mechanic leaves something loose and it falls off, it's the car chief's ass. Yeah. Right. So he's he's the that guy. Yes, he's putting the pen to paper. Yep. So, and, and just the way he conducted himself and and how he left the sport. Right. It's it's not. It's not measurable on paper what he's done, but the impact and what he left to Hendrick Motorsports, you know, as, as, a, as a standard. Well, I think the majority of the voting committee would agree on that. Yeah. Right. And if there was a if there was. But if on if a voting committee had the list of guys that you just listed off, the it's Ricky Rudd, like, oh, yeah, that, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, the whole list. If those guys, just because they weren't forward facing, they were the guys behind the curtains making the thing go. They don't have the the uh, the, the star no, power, the star power. But they got the they have the stats. They have the stats, and they have the equity built in the sport that they do deserve. So, so yeah, they, deserve, they do deserve recognition. Is it something that becomes like the and like an yeah. industry, like an industry leader award or or something like that? But I, I do think that there's there's room for that for some to notice somebody on that side. But there's also room for the top, the top of the top of the heap. Yep, to be in in the Hall of Fame and get a jacket. I so. Agree. I, that's just that's my little spiel, and I I hope that you know we get to that point. But I'd say let's just get to the point where we get them on the ballot, because if you put them on the ballot and you look at their numbers, it's gonna be undeniable. Yeah, there you go. If y'all listen upstairs, listen. I'm coming up there after this. I got something. <laughs> Knocking to say. on something. I got something to say. We also got something to say too. In pit road boats and what of the week coming right up.
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. For me, race day is a great reason to shut down the laptop, put the phone on silent, and simply enjoy the driving. But Mobile One wants to remind you that you can get that same kind of escape any day of the week. How? By simply hopping in your car, rolling the windows down, and hitting the road. No emails, no calls, no work, just freedom. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Pit road boats and woes, a big woe out of that 45 team this week. What happened? That is the woe of the week for sure. <sighs> it's tough, man, because... I feel they, like, how many times has the Tyler Reddick had some woes that cost him a dub this year? I've had a lot of woes myself, so I ain't just throwing darts. Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to explain what happened. The pit road guys will be on me about doing that. But like, but here's the tough parts about it, if I'm a pit coach. You're waiting on fuel. It's a green flag stop at Michigan, right? Just yeah, get it tight, get it right. And Brian's a, Brian's a – he's been on pit road. He was a tire changer on the 26 Grand Royal car when I was just, you know, a, a, just holding a the pit pup. sign. Right, like not even not even pitting yet. Brian Bottomley's been around a long time, and he I don't know I don't know what happened. There's there's a a list of things that when you go in and hit the lug nut, if it doesn't catch right away, there it doesn't catch. Your guns your guns going the wrong way. You you miss it. There's a list of things that could happen. I don't know exactly what happened, but it didn't grab right away. Nathan leaves. Brian kind of waves his hand, but tightens it up, and he felt like it got tight on the ground. They go around, they do, this is where I have a problem, like if I was a pit coach, when you go around, do the left side, and then they'll stand up, and wait, you're waiting on fuel. So like at that point, man, and, and that with that down in distance, you just got to stay there and get it right. Um, and and unfortunately, you walk a fine line, tighten it up on the ground, but sometimes they don't tighten up square on the ground, and it gets back out on the track, and then the nuts spit right off of it, so... That's that's a tough one to swallow, um, especially you know when you when you have a shot to win. Uh, at I mean, uh, last what was it? Green flag stop. Nashville in too. You had a tire fall off, dude. It's not. It's easy to have a wheel fall off. Like it's. Oh yeah. And I think I think you're gonna see it happen even more often in the playoffs because people are gonna be reaching for time. So it's not it's not a new thing. Yeah. And it's not something anybody's immune to. It can happen very quickly. I mean, these these incidences that's that's what's tough you know we're seeing a lot of mistakes across the board on green flag stops and you know even even like with us at, at new hampshire a couple weeks ago with two tire stops and these are these are stops that should be just layups but the pit track position is so important and the pit stop is just so intense and so difficult that it's one minor miscue 
and something like this happens. So, yep. I yeah, I hope the forty five boys can recruit. Tyler was mad on the radio, boy. <laughs> oh yeah, he was. He had a different octave in his voice. It was. Mm. Uh, That's awkward yeah. when you get back to the truck. Yeah. Because you because you don't he don't go you're back. on pit road. You don't go back to the truck. You just go back. You just go back to the motorhome. Yeah. Or you just walk to the you just walk to your rental car and drive in your fire suit to the tra- to the to the well like it's gotta be I've done that before <laughs> just walk to the my rental car in my fire suit I don't want to see anybody no. just go back get on the plane in your fire suit uh, I mean I change like, <laughs> no, I'll it. change just like in the it. front seat of the rental car like, helmet still on sitting on the plane with the visor down like that. <laughs> I don't want to talk to don't, anybody like uh, don't look was, at me that Fernando Alonso blew up and he was just sitting on that golf cart with his helmet still on yeah or it uh, might have been Kimmy. Kimmy walked back to his oh, all-time the, move, walked back to his yacht. His Monaco. Yeah. In his fire suit. In his fire suit. Yes. And then he just walked back there, changed, and then he was sitting, like, smoking a butt on his – Just yeah. – what a boss. The the dogs of the week, man, the 17 team, we've been talking about these guys. Um, I, I've been kind of keeping a close watch on them all year. They were the dogs last week. They're the dogs again this mm. week. They executed when it was time. <laughs> Zach Yeager and Dalton and the boys. Zach Yeager, is that the guy with the red beard? Red beard tattoo. Red dog like Clifford. Oh, yeah. Them boys uh, getting after it. So, good to see them. Like I said, their third win of the season, Chris Boucher's second. They won the Daytona 500 as well. So, hell of a year for those guys. And, um, man, that 17 bunch can be a serious threat moving on in the playoffs. They're peaking at the right time. They have a really strong crew. They've got good bonus points now, and they're coming up on road courses, which he's really good at. I think he's finished in the top ten, like, the last six in a row or something in a road course. Does Bradley get a win now? Is the is the heat on? I don't think he gets a win in Daytona. the in the regular season. But going to Bristol, both RFK cars were strong last year there. I, I'll say one. this. I love Brad Keselowski a lot. I've been road course racing w- with him before. He's generally behind me. It was not it was not pretty. He's generally behind me. But Watkins Glen, he's got one of the best finishes ever there. So he could Watkins Glen, he could like Daytona. he is phenomenal at Watkins Glen, and I think he's one of the best. He's definitely top five super speedway racers. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that. Indy I mean, hey. Indy Road Course could. I hope he proves me wrong. Might not be his cup of tea. Let Let me ask this on RFK and all that. Like with Brad, if if he doesn't get a win, I'm I'm assuming he still views all of this as a success. Is Based off of what they're building, absolutely, dude. Both cars in the playoffs, two two wins in a row, both cars in the top five the last two weeks. Absolutely also, different racetracks, and also coming from how they were last year. I mean, they couldn't get out of their own way last year. You I know mean, what makes that whole team? The dogs of the week. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks in a row, dogs. Good Oof. job, Brad. Walking them dogs, Brad. Brad's turning the puppies into dogs over there, <laughs> feeding them out his hand, like the beast. Yep, feeding them. T-bone steaks. The last time RFK went back-to-back? 2017. The last time? 2009? Matt Kenseth? Oh, Carl Carl Edwards. Edwards. The last Uh, time the 17 went back-to-back was 2009 with Matt Kenseth. Yeah. And the last time time RFK's won more than one race in a season was 2017. Mm. That was the set I was thinking of. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good for them. (laughs) The resurgence. Uh, Don't call it a comeback. They've been here for years. They've just been slumbering. They have. I want to talk to our guest, Chuck. Guy flew all the way in from Australia to be with us on our podcast. Not SVG. No, no. The guy who's leading him in points, Brody Kostecki, driving for RCR this weekend. He's over here behind the curtain. Let's get him out and get him in studio. Brody Kostecki coming up next. The one who SVG is chasing. 
Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. All right, guys, it's the guest we've been talking about, the points leader from down under. And it's not SVG. This is the guy who's ahead of SVG in points coming for our heads this weekend, Brody Kostecki. Long time no see, buddy. Thanks for coming to the studio. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's like a blast from the past here. It, so it's, uh, yeah. it is, man. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited you're coming banging some fenders with us this weekend. For those that don't know, the earth and time is a flat circle because it was <laughs> 10 years ago. I was wearing a headset like I am right now on the pit box for this freaking guy in Iowa. <laughs> like, we, what do we crew chief? I crew chiefed you half the year. You're in between some guys. I filled in and we had some fun. We had some success. And now we're lining up together at a cup race and we also live on different sides of the world <laughs> so like that's bizarre to me just to even like say that and here we are three days before we're about to go to india and have some fun yeah definitely uh it is uh like pretty interesting like you say like world does go around in full circles so yeah it's obviously good to see you again and i got to see you a year ago now at gateway and then obviously got to see you again yeah. when you jumped in the nine so yeah it's yeah Full circle, like you said. And, and contrary to what people might think, this wasn't like you were sitting on the couch in Australia watching SVG come take our lunch money and go home. And then you were like, hey, I probably should. I want to come do this too. <laughs> this deal was already in the works. You said it's been almost a year in the making to try to put this deal together with with Mobile X and, and RCR. So how did this all kind of your, your interest coming back to NASCAR in a much more capacity, uh, how'd that start rolling? Yeah, it sort of started about a year ago. Yeah, when I sort of actually come back and uh, I went to the Indy 500, went to Gateway because uh, it was on the week after. Sort of just put my face in, you know, in front of a few people, and you know, we I wasn't having a great season back home in supercars at that point. Um, you know, we were sort of I think I think I was like seventh or sixth in points. So yeah, it was it's hard to go to people and say oh, I want to you know try to do a road course, and you're obviously not the you know the top pick of you know the cattle from back home. So. Yeah, just the goal was was just to trying to put my name in front of a few people, and um, yeah, I got some really good friends back home that are you know friends with some key people at RCR, um, Dana and Terry Wahoon. So yeah, they they put me in front of Richard about a year ago, and and um, he said, oh let's just let's try and make something work, and yeah, we locked in Indy, uh, probably around it around about eight months ago now and um really? yeah so you know that was really cool to do and yeah it wouldn't be possible without you know you know richard and everyone at rcr so yeah big thanks to them man that's i'm super excited for you leading points v8 supercars right now what was the chatter like after the chicago street race seeing one of the best of all time down there in the supercar series come win that race uh what was what was chatter in the paddock the following week because it looked like watching some clips of the highlights of the following week i don't know where y'all went it was the next weekend. It looked like y'all didn't take it very easy on when he came back. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, you know, obviously the, the whole sport back home was following, um, you know, Shane, when he come over and, and uh, raced, it's, you know, it's always good to see your fellow companions go over and do something different. And obviously he had some, you know, great success that weekend. So it was, you know, really good to see. And, and um, yeah, I was talking a lot to him throughout the weekend and just asking how he was enjoying the experience. And he seemed to, you know, really enjoy it over here. And, and um, yeah, he is probably one of the greatest of all time back at home. So yeah, it was obviously 
trying to learn as well, you know, through, you know, what he did over here. And, um, yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, he got a reality check there when he come back at, um, how, how do you go though and not chase that same result? Because that was such an anomaly weekend. First time at a street course in the history of NASCAR, wet conditions to start transition to damp t- transition to dry with some parts, uh, were still ended up being wet. Felt like it almost went and fell right into his lap. Granted, he had to earn it, but we're going to a place now in Indy where we've got three or four years of experience, all the cup drivers. So it's not quite as even of a playing field as it was uh, for his first race. What are some of the. This is what they're all telling themselves because they got their ass kicked. Like, ah, it was a street course and we're going to. We'll see how he does it. No, I'm just kidding. He was, he was telling. Let me get to that. Wait a second. <laughs> But shit, yeah. If, if both of these guys run run one two, I'm be like, mm, I'm gonna think about what I'm gonna. Then do next, they're gonna be like, well, well, come to come to Bristol. It would be like, it would be yeah, it would be like, and and this guy has more oval experience than SVG does, so like, who knows what could happen? But it would be like, you, you ever seen Cars three? I've seen Cars three. Well, if you have a three year old, you've watched it about four hundred times, like I have. <laughs> it would be like when Jackson Storm comes out of nowhere and wins a race. And then next thing you know, all the other cars are like Jackson Storms. What if this son of a bitch comes in and there's just a bunch of Australians driving everywhere? You guys lose all. You guys all lose your rides. And all those guys come like, over here. Yeah, all these. All you these, guys got to go over there. Yeah, we swap gotta, rides. Yeah. I'll be racing in NASCAR Brazil. That, I mean, that's what's interesting to me, though. You said that the wheels were in motion. Why did you choose Indy over like a Chicago? Yeah, it was sort of. Um, I think some of the team owners were, you know, not really sure how Chicago was going to go and you know how chaotic it was going to be. First street circuit, so um, yeah, it was something that you know Richard didn't want to do. And obviously, they had really good success at Indy Road Course last year. You know, when Tyler was driving, so um, they knew that they had good equipment for Indy, and they you know wanted to give me the best chance possible. So, but you know, like you said, the you know the the cards that Shane got dealt are going to be a lot different than what they are this weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's like trying to if you try to put one of us and in an oval we're going to get spanked it's just something that we don't do but you know street circuits is our bread and butter back home so how many so you said you, you have 12 weekend events double headers right mm-hmm. uh, or sometimes three three events yeah a sometimes three three or four well uh, grand prix race four times one weekend how many of those 12 are street courses uh i'd have to be 40 percent of the season okay yeah 40 30 of the season so there's there's a few of them so i saw the the text like when you guys were going to Chicago that you had sent Corey just kind of on, you know, how you use the brake. Oh, and like, help me. <laughs> yeah. please, God, I have no idea he's like, what to expect. He's like, look at, look at, the, like, look at all this information he sent me to digest. But h- how much different is it running a street course to a regular road course? Honestly, your approach is completely different because, really? you, yeah, you can't, you know, I can go to Indy and go bomb it into turn one and learn where my braking marker is, afford to make a mistake. You can't do that at a street circuit because you get penalized. Like you get, you know, the, the car would be written off. So, yeah, that's sort of the biggest thing. And the I don't know if you know something in the race, probably might have the mental fatigue. Trying to drive in between walls is, perfect. is just ridiculous. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, very... Yeah, wears you out a lot, and it's 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 a whole different approach for you know myself and other drivers from back home. You know the street circuit stuff. It won't be easy at Indy, let me tell you. I mean, you have a lot of runoff. I mean, there's you can end up in the third third hole of the golf course if you really miss one too <laughs> yeah, bad. But, yeah. I mean, it, uh, it. We were sitting here talking before. It's like when you I asked you looked at the the rear suspension and just the overall car of a next gen car. I didn't know that a, a completely brand new car was introduced in the V8 Supercar Series too, and you just said it is it is a supercar. So what are some of the, what are the, is it all similar? Is it all the same? 
Yeah, the concept is honestly pretty pretty close to a supercar. You know, I think um, NASCAR actually come to Australia uh, maybe four or five years ago to you know try to learn about our cars a little bit and you know maybe adapt a little bit of it. But the main concept of the car is is pretty close to a supercar. Obviously, there's a difference between you know the NASCARs make more more power and there's a diffuser. We don't have that back home, but the main concept of the car is quite similar. You know, sequential transaxle. It's all pretty close now. So I found it interesting. There was a comment that had the had the rednecks a little frazzled. That SVG had, he said it offhanded. I don't even think he meant it as a slight, but I think it offended some people. He says anybody in the top 10 of V8 supercar points could come in and do the same thing. You're leading the points. What do you think? You've really put me on the spot here. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I asked you. <laughs> Choose a side. Pick a side. <laughs> These are the controversial so, questions that can make or break a driver. <laughs> Well, I mean, we can cut it. Uh, no, but uh, I mean, and clip it and put it on social media. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what to say here, but um, no, I think w- what he means is is back, you know, back home. Like I said to you previously, you know, the cards that he got dealt with at that that race, you know, he doesn't go out and win every single race, and you know, this year everyone's got the same car, and there's been multiple different winners this year, and it's it's literally closer than ever back home. You know, there's a lot of different guys that, you know, are able to go, you know, win a race back home. So I think he's just, um, you know, showing his sportsmanship to, you know, us back home. And, yeah. um, you know, I think that's that's all what he means about it. But, um, yeah, like Indy this weekend is a whole different kettle of fish. You know, you guys have been there before. Yeah, I, I think it's a whole different scenario. So you were mentioning that I asked what your race team comparison was over there in the V8 supercars, right? Because we kind of talked to SVG and his is like the Hendrick comparison, yeah, right? Like that's correct. They've yeah. got the people, they got the depth, they've got the resources, they got the the manufacturer sport. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, you said yours is like RFK, mm-hmm. where down a couple of years, but this year you're leading points. You and your your teammate are one two, found a lot of success this year. But when you to back to SVG's comment about the top ten, you rise to the level of competition right like you've learned some of svg's tricks and vice versa so what are some of the things because you've raced in the states you've raced in arca went back uh, to australia in 2016 mm-hmm. 15 uh, what are some things that you've learned racing at the highest level over there that you were like ooh, like that's just i gotta start figuring that out or i'm gonna get left behind yeah, I've actually openly spoken about this and been asked about it because, um, you know, when I went back to Australia, I sort of, you know, went to the junior ranks and, you know, raced through the, the Super 2 series, what they call there, and it's the development series for the supercar series and found success quite early. And it was kind of like, oh, where did he come from? But I put actually finally like most of my success back to what I did here in the States. You know, the stuff that I was able to experience at a, at a young age and the racing I got to do and and um was you know it's it's all about experience at the end of the day and the experience that i got here is something that i couldn't get back home and um the level of competitiveness here at a young age is so high like there's you know a bigger population here and especially when you were running the e-series yeah right all those all those top runners there were are in cup now yeah like exactly right so um yeah it's funnily enough when you look go to look back on things and you know the the person that i had to become today or this year to be able to fight for a championship i put mostly back to what i did here so well you look at if you put your career in svg's svg's v8 supercar careers on paper right he's one of the greatest of all time yours is trajecting that direction right your your number one mission is to win the v8 supercar championship this year potentially next year right to get to a level of being in the same sentence as, as some of the greats, right? Only 25 years old. I believe Shane's 35. So there's a 10-year gap, nine-year gap. Damn, you were on East Cars when you were 15? I was, yeah. Damn. I was, yeah. 
Yeah, so <laughs> he's been in this thing for a minute. Don't let the beard fool you. I feel old now. <laughs> like, what is – because it could be potentially clear what SVG's path is. If he's if he has accomplished everything he wants to accomplish over there, he can come over here and have some fun and make some money. Do you stay over there and make your claim in that series? Or, like, what is the future pathway for Brody Kostecki look like? Yeah, I've got a lot of boxes I want to tick, you know, back home. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we're only – we've only just passed the halfway point of our championship back home and and so yeah there's still that to run out and yeah i've 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 got a lot of things i want to do back home and yet you also kind of have the mentality of coming here is you know to come to just take money it doesn't work like that like it's so competitive here and it's so hard here you race every single week so yeah i don't think you'll have much success here if you take that mentality back here i think you've still got to put in you know the same effort or if not more because you race more so yeah i've got a lot of things i want to do back home and to be honest we only raced 12 times so i just want to you know broaden out my calendar and race as much as possible yeah so you, you mentioned putting forth the effort a lot of effort goes into preparation for one of these road course races. Mm-hmm. You said you've been in the simulator, the motion sim, I'm sure, mm-hmm. over 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Is that counting the the ABT rig over at RCR? Have nah, you done that? No, I haven't done that yet. So, so only at the GM Tech Center, mm-hmm. you've been in that thing 10 hours. Yep, I have been. And and since you're coming in with RCR as a key partner, you can probably get to look at William Byron's and mm-hmm. Austin Dillon's and Kyle Bush's. How are you stacking up pace-wise? Honestly, it is hard to tell pace-wise because of you know you know how those things work with the tires and track grip. Yeah, you can you can fudge so many so many different things, and I haven't been across all that you know all that side of things. Um, So I've just been in there and I've kind of just been sitting there I was in there uh yesterday for five hours straight and I think my eyes went square and uh, <laughs> they, they just ran me through a whole yeah, bunch bro. of setups and trying yeah. to trying to um you know I'm trying to learn off them they're trying to learn off me and um yeah just trying to you know grow the partnership mm. did you who's your crew chief uh Justin Alexander okay are you have you been around um Andrew Dickinson I have been, yeah, yeah. have been, he's yeah. He's a state Australian guy he's well, uh, you said that's kind of the catalyst to kind of get the whole yeah, ball going yeah mm-hmm. he's a stud his yeah, so off topic, his wife and my wife best friends in high school, so I get to hang out with him quite a bit. He's I'm always I always end up being friends with the Australians. But what does a week of preparation look like for you? Like pit practice? Because when SVG came over, right, being fast on the racetrack's one thing, but if you speed on pit road this weekend or you miss your pit box or you have a miscue there. Hard to come back from that. Especially this weekend where you can there's no stage breaks and you could pit, you know, once or even twice, whatever we saw last year. It's just going to be a strategy game. So I wonder what that preparation looks like for you this week. Honestly, it's been a really steep learning curve for me. You know, when Shane came over, they gave him, I think, two hours at Charlotte Roval to, you know, yeah. get, you know, get accustomed to the car and, um, you know, just get a feel of it. And um, I didn't quite get that opportunity after Chicago. So, but um, <laughs> they said uh, no more. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that was more to the, yeah, more to the case of it all. So, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, so um, you know, which I'm fine with. Um, I love a challenge, but um, yeah, like I, I did some pit stop practice today and and. It actually hit me yesterday. I was driving on the road and I was doing 45 miles an hour. And I went, damn, I got a pit. I got to stop when people are running out in front of me. Yeah. Doing 45 miles an hour. It's 40 kilometers now back home, which is like 27 miles an hour or something. So, it's yeah, not that was, slow. yeah, that actually hit me yesterday. And it was like, I've got to, you know, stop in front of these guys when I'm running out in front of me. And it kind of like, I got a sort of a bit of a fright from it, but I did it today and it wasn't so daunting. They just said, if, if you run us over, it's, it's our fault. And I went, oh, okay, it makes me feel way better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're being nice. It's a tight pit road, Indy, but I mean, so that's tight. that's the thing is it's is that 
you know, to win a cup race. Like mm-hmm. we talked about the other week and we like the show's called stacking pennies, but that's what it is now. It's like, you're just gaining a little bit here and there. And then once your stack falls over for the day, you can't get it back up. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's, uh, that'd be exciting to watch. The other question I had is talking about how close the V8 supercars are to our next gen car. Is that, is that why we're seeing an influx? You guys want to come over? Or is it just the timing? No, honestly, I think, um, you know, this this car is, you know, being sequential and as well as the transaxle and, and whatnot, it's not easier for a driver from a different discipline to come over, but it's, it's I guess, more inviting. So, like, I see that, you know, just before I come in here, Mike Rockefeller's been announced he's driving the 42 yeah. this weekend and yep. he has a, an amazing resume racing GT stuff. Corey's roommate or Corey's uh, yeah, teammate we were, last year. Yeah, we were hotel buddies last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Let me clarify that. We stay in different rooms. <laughs> I didn't mean to we, say room and say teammate, but it came roommate. So we shared a rental car back and forth to the racetrack, and we stayed, I don't know, like in Seneca, which is like an hour and 15 minutes away. I just loved listening to him talk. He wanted to, he wanted to go move to Sweden <laughs> where we were in Switzerland. Yeah, I was about to go. Hey, he, well, he's next door neighbors with Sebastian Vettel. I'm like, I'm going to schedule a trip, a vacation <laughs> right now. So, I mean, when you start lining up these freaking world-class road course guys, right, I mean, you're leading – your leading points in the pinnacle of racing in Australia. Mike Rockefeller, he did 24 hours at Le Mans in, in the garage 56 car. A little bit of cup experience last year as a teammate of mine in the 77. And then SVG, who came in and won his first race. Mm-hmm. Where do you think you stack up against the actual ringers now and then as a collective group heading into the weekend? Yeah, I think I'm very fortunate, like you said, to be with a key partner in RCR. They've, um, you know, they put a lot of work into their road course program. I think to answer your original, you know, question of why more people have been coming and being interested yeah. from internationals to come do it is mainly due to the fact that uh, NASCAR is doing more road courses now. So there's more opportunity for it to happen, yeah. less scheduling conflicts, you know, with other series that, you know, for example, supercars back home. So I, I think, you know, my goal would be to... Forgot you know, about Kamui too. Yeah, Kamui, like, Kobayashi. racing. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. Legend. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus. And he's an, and he's not that that's the thing too is like I think about Marcus and Ambrose. Yeah, Marcus Ambrose cuz he was like fiery, you know, and I was with when I lived with George I had to know Marcus well and I wonder like how much better he would have been in if he had even equipment to everybody mm-hmm. else. Because I think his talent exceeded the ride that he was in the whole time he was here. So, and he was able to I mean have one of the best finishes in NASCAR history. He put himself, you know, he had put himself in position at Sonoma and Watkins Glen, but if you take this schedule on this car and move it back to when he was here, he'd win every road course race. Well, I mean, he it would he would probably have enough points to move him further up in the playoffs. And there was times at Vegas and and Michigan, you know, tracks where Charlotte. he yeah, yeah Charlotte, Charlotte where he would like show up. But you didn't know how much of that was like okay, the the team hit something this week because he was dude, Mark Sambros really good. Yeah, I mean, he won a championship back home, so he was yeah, it was he left at the top to you know yeah. to come over here and do what he did so i was able to follow his career when i was a young fellow but that's the thing now like like when Corey, perfect example like when you get in the nine car that you can miss it and run 30th on your setup and back when marcus was doing it if you were in the nine car you were running no worse than 15th mm-hmm. on a bad day yeah but now it's you know it's it's so even so even though it's just the timing that's working out it couldn't be a better time in our sport for guys to come over because like i said it's you're not coming over and driving 30 box car car, right you're running (laughs) an rcr car yeah and shane's running a track house car and kobayashi's running a 2311 car you know these are all cars that are go deep into the playoffs if you guys were doing it full time that's what's that's what's super interesting to me and that's what i like about 
kind of where we're at as a a sport on the car side and on the schedule side. Yeah, I, I like too the the challenge. I bet you it lit a. I mean, it lit a fire in me, but I'm sure the, it put everybody on notice of like, ooh, almost like you know, like we might not be the only ones out here that can drive a, a car well in a circle, right? Like there's some other dudes out there on the other side of the pond that can come in here and, and teach us how to do it. So I'm I'm curious to the effort level on the full-time driver's side of where, how much more, I'm, I'm sure that a Kyle Larson gets in the simulator this week when he usually doesn't. I'm sure Chase Elliott yeah. probably flies in a couple of days early. Kyle Larson's at Knoxville Nationals. He ain't doing Okay, maybe not. He <laughs> might play it on Xbox. Or I still think you're looking at it wrong though, like from a point of being on notice. Like, Tell me. Uh, where can you go practice at a street course? Never. And Yeah. That's true. Not on high racing because he couldn't make it to the fourth corner. Oh, that, I bet it's completely <laughs> different. You yeah, can just crash and yeah. reset. So yep. whereas you know, we've true. yeah, like like I said before, we race him back home all the yeah. time. So it's it's all about experience, really. Done the day. You yeah. guys are gonna light. You guys are gonna repave the Thunderdome before long. Oh, Is that, that what that was? That's what yeah. it's called there. Yeah. So they uh, the you know, the Thunderdome. They actually just did their first race back there around Cola Park this week. Funnily enough. Really? Look yeah. at Is it repaved, Raider Rock? No, nope, it's still worn out. And oh, really? even yeah. better. Is yeah. it? What's it like, Rockingham or? Yeah, it's it's probably to that level of yeah of, of uh, being like Rockingham. So oh. I'm hoping they bring it back and put do a, do a supercar sick, race on ovals, bro. and then you can come down and whoop our ass. I would take that deal. <laughs> now, would we go counterclockwise? Well, I would say so. You I think that's what they did when no. they ran Oscar. Did they ran, so they ran right hand. You'd still yeah. keep right hand drive, and yep. you would turn right. Yeah, you go the other way, the opposite way. Holy! Well, you're on the other side of the equator, so you have to. <laughs> Toilet goes the other way. <laughs> Toilet goes the other way. Just mess that. <laughs> just it trips you out Dude, first. But you it, I mean, it's just like they're going to draw the parallels of it and look at like, do you race sprint cars for fun too? I do, yeah. yeah see, I just, I just, nuts. I've just started. So last last year I did one race, and I've done four races this year. And uh, are they four tens? Yeah, four tens. Jeez, yeah. hey, let's just go. What are you doing Tuesday night? Let's just go have let's some go. fun, run four ten. Yeah, let's go wrestle a kangaroo and drive a four ten sprint car. Like what? I don't know. I love I it. Ride bikes with my kid in the neighborhood. No wonder why these guys come in. Yeah. <laughs> so where do you think? What what would be a good day? As you fly home with the twenty four hour flight or however long it is. And you fly back. What? How do you leave the racetrack feeling like it was a good, like a good weekend? Yeah, I'm a really competitive person as well as probably everyone that's in the sport. So, but I've yeah tried to do as much research and try to learn as much as possible. And I think it, you know, I don't think speed would be too much of a problem. It's going to be that be about the execution. Um, you know, like like you hit on and just simple things like pit road. We have speed limiters. Don't have that mm. for these cars. So it's something that we have to learn. And, um, yeah, if I could finish in the top 10 but show good speed would be a good thing for me, I think. But um, I think that would be quite tough. What about just beating SVG? Heads up. A little bit of bragging rights going back home. I hope I get to race him on the track at some point because our rules back home are so tight. Like, you can't bump and run. Yeah, and you I, shove him off into one keep going. I've <laughs> been wanting to do that for you. I actually might. I might collectively go see every driver and, and say if they want to put some money in a pool, that I'll do it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a joke, by the way. Uh, Here, I got a couple hundred bucks on this right now. <laughs> well, that dude, I think, like, genuinely, I think, and, like, especially how he's talking – I don't think that the regular guys are going to be as nice as they were when he came the first time. Like, I think they might use you guys up a little bit. But now when because there was only a, a lane and a half worth of dry road in Chicago and there were single file restarts, which was a huge deal. And there was single file restarts. So he could put you in a, somebody in a bad spot and you just not even 
not even contest, right? Like Elements if he surprise. showed a nose, you're not going to go barrel it down in there because your rights are going to be in the in the water and you're going to crash like Kyle Busch yeah. did seven times. Like or like the twenty car did, right? With like if just, you just got, got a little I mean, bit he got six inches yeah, was... next to the wall and it speeds up and you hit the tire barriers, yeah. right? Like, but now if it's dry, I mean, you're every brake zone's contested, you know, and yeah. you're get you're getting run off on like there's no track limits mm-hmm. more or less. So yeah, it is a going to be a little bit of a different ball game. But knowing you enough and going to the racetrack with you enough, with you, you are not scared to get your elbows out and give it right back too. What do you think about that? Do you think you like? You just set me up here every single question. No. <laughs> hey, no. I'm I can say it on your bike. What would what would they? I'll give you one that you can't answer here. What would they do? Because they call it's a it's kind of like Formula One a little bit where they call like penalties if yeah, you run it's a stewards. It's yeah, it's stewards well, and it's. What would talk. this? How how like would the stores office just light on fire watching the restarts that you had to watch from last year's Indy? Like would they just be like? Everybody's disqualified. Pack, load your and go home. I'm actually not joking. That would be the that would be the case. Really, it's, yeah. It's very like Shane and I have had some really really good races this year where it's been you know, we've been rubbing each other and you know there's the rules are so tight where he's got a five second penalty, I've got a five second penalty, and it's really? it's 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 completely different. So yeah, I, I wish our sport back home was more like how it was here, where it's respect driven. Um, so if you go and push someone off in a corner, the next corner you can expect it back. And yeah. And whereas back home, it's it's not like that. You race yeah. to the ruling. Really. So. Mm. so you don't like if you spin somebody out, you're you're getting yeah, you're, you're turfed anyway. Really? So whereas here, it's yeah, what does turf mean? Turf means you you you're gone. Yeah. You. Oh, like put your shit in the turf. Yeah. Yeah. You're turfed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, tough. I, I, I like when tough. so when when George first <laughs> when, when George Lots first moved here, he would say stuff all the time. And I go put another shrimp on the Bobby. He goes, we don't even call him shrimp, mate. We call him prawns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I never got that here too. And you used to be really bad for it with oh, with yeah. Fosters. Oh, I oh, would say all the time. I'd try to get out of here, get a Fosters. Yeah. So do you go to? It's Outback not even Australian no? beer. Do you, no. go, you don't it's, go to it's, Outback. It's nothing <laughs> like it's nothing like it. It's a marketing right. scheme. So it? you don't have boomerangs. What the hell's going on? <laughs> we do have boomerangs. <laughs> yeah. He's got one of my backpacks. What the hell's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Okay. These are the hard hitting questions These... that people really want to know. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's nice that the cars are the same and they got locked in. But do you have boomerangs? That's what we need to know. I got a nice collection of boomerangs. Yeah. And what is your pet kangaroo's name? This is all. That we have. <laughs> yeah, that's chain. the other thing too. Yeah. That it's like a common question I get or got here when I was a young guy is, oh, like how often do you see a kangaroo? And it's like a deer. It's not. Yeah. It's rarely often. When you yeah. see one, are they usually dead in the side of the road, or are they still living? Uh, you do see them living uh, sometimes, but yeah, there is a fair bit. But of you don't f- them. with them whenever you see them. Uh no, not unless you, yeah, like your life. Yeah, some of them are very angry. <laughs> I would. Have you seen how they stand up on their tails? Oh and, yeah, yeah. Kick yeah. claws and. Yeah, right. they're, they're not very nice. Just like every other guest, I'm excited to I'm excited to ask you the three questions I ask all the other guests on the show. <laughs> ask them. I asked these to SVG. Ask them Richard Petty. Everybody in between. Question number one. If you had to pick one type of car and one racetrack to race at the rest of your life, what do you go with? Oh, that's a, that's a tricky one. It'd probably actually be a supercar around Bathurst. I really enjoy that yeah. track. And risk versus reward is incredible you've oh, seen scotty's yeah. laps you, oh. you told me before do and yourself a favor and just youtube scotty mclaughlin's lap at bathurst yeah it's incredible but when a track looks unbelievably elevated on tv i can only imagine how much it is in real life is it absurd i remember the first time i went up conrad straight to the back straight i got sick 
Really? Yeah, I actually got because it's in a race in a car. Yeah, I got I got the worst thing. Yeah, I was like about coming back down. Do your yeah. ears pop when you come back down? Or nah, but it's like you you. It's hard to do it justice. Like you have photos and stuff, and when you do on the track walk, it's like going down the mountain is like trying to climb Bristol. Would be the that much of an incline. It is incredible. Yeah, and it's all blind. Yeah, that's what I was gonna yeah. say. Cause like I remember watching some in cars from like George's Ute, and I'm like, holy shit, you can't see. Yeah, it's all blind. So you have to like memorize the track. Yeah, very much so. So, dude, that is so, so supercar, a current supercar at Bathurst. Yeah. So how does so the Bathurst 1000, which is y'all's Daytona 500, mm-hmm. how do they? So it's a it's a team race, right? It so is. you have co-drivers. We have a co-driver, yeah. How do you, where do you get the co-driver from? Anywhere. Because <laughs> you could You're looking for a That's job? also a big that's a that's a championship <laughs> points paying event, right? Yeah, it is. It's a big So if life. you're leading points mm-hmm. and you go to the Bathurst 1000, who do you like the, whoever you pick to be your teammate is pretty crucial, right? Cuz that guy's not going for championship points, you are. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, it's it's very important, but it's also where do you get them from? Like the Xfinity, quote unquote, uh, Dunlop Two Series. Or? Yeah, there's there's other series that race at home as well, like GT, um, you know, GT Three, or there's you know the Porsche 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 Cup Series back home. So there's yeah. there's plenty of good guys that can you know fill in and jump in. Ex supercar guys that have retired, okay. and they'll come out for twice a year to come do it. So there's plenty of good guys around. Where does that race stack up in your championship? Oh, very. It's very important. I mean, our no, yeah. like one to twelve. Like- uh we're three rounds away from it. Okay, yeah. so it's at I, the end. I couldn't tell you what number it is. I I don't even know when my next race is. Mm. I'm terrible with that stuff. Yeah, just what race? What race could we do that for the cups for the cup series? Are the the two drivers? Yeah, I mean we don't have doors, so it'd be too hard to get in and out. Oh, Can't trust do it. me, <laughs> I, it is easier to get in a cup car. Really, to get in a supercar at the moment. Really, it is. Yeah, because the window's so small. Yeah, I'll, yeah, it's yeah, it's a bit of a it's interesting without new cars. So I enjoyed getting in out of the cup car. I will say. Yeah. I have an observation. What's that? I was looking at his calves. Yep. SVG has nicer calves than Brody does. He does have a nice calves. He's got and some he, nice he calves. He shaves them too. Does he? I can <laughs> see that. Uh, I would show them some bitches off too. I need I to know. Like that. Before we get too far along, there's one thing I need you to do. Can you do, do the champagne bottle where you smash it and it shoots up in the air? Uh, I haven't done it uh, this year. But you, but you know how to do that. I, I know that was the first it. time I've ever seen it in my life. Is when he did it in Chicago. I've never yeah. seen anything like that. That's pretty smooth. Yeah, he's real good at it. I need you to give me Definitely some pointers because the next the next race I win, I don't care what it is. I'm doing that. <laughs> if I go to dinner and there's a champagne bottle, like, hey, oh, <laughs> I learned something. <laughs> so yeah, before you leave, I gotta have some pointers on that. Mm. Question number two. I didn't get. Did I insult you about your calves? No. Okay. Uh, question number two. Well, that's soft. <laughs> what's the most embarrassed you've been at the racetrack i reckon it's probably i've been embarrassed many times at the racetrack here when i was living here when i was a young fellow you know it was it was our own family car like you knew and obviously gone and running k&n and not running very well and it was good equipment it just wasn't executed well and then obviously when you come in and help us out a fair bit that was probably when i was at my most embarrassed I would say nice. Yeah. So no, not when you not not when you were there. <laughs> don't don't blow my ass now. <laughs> not when you were there. Prior to that. So what, was there any like specific incident it, though? Yeah. Like not just running wise, but like something that happened, like pants fell down, like Corey's did at <laughs> Harvick's house or anything like that. Goodness. Uh, no, I'd probably. I reckon. Do you remember when they did the battle at the beach? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You didn't puke on yourself like Donnie Leah did, so you're ahead of the no, game. No, my. 
seatbelts kept coming undone and I don't even know why I think my arm kept hitting it so that was probably my and I was running third at the time so that was did you good. keep it going or you pull off no nah, I well it got closer towards the end and everyone started wrecking it. <laughs> and I went hmm maybe not well you probably wouldn't be leading V8 supercar points if you just stayed on the race <laughs> yeah so, so that, was, you probably make it you probably yeah. made a good decision yeah I lasted I lasted 40 or 50 laps at that but yeah that was pretty embarrassing Daniel Oof. Quinn did that at Bristol for Daniel like Quinn did that yeah, he at Bristol? like what's wrong yeah. yes Nobody said Daniel Cohen was the smartest guy, but God love him. Question number three. If you had to lose every one of your racing memories and keep one, what do you keep? I would probably keep uh, 2020 when I got my – I was a co-driver in 2020 at Bathurst, and I drove with the team I'm driving for now as a co-driver, and that, that performance there gave me that mm. drive that I have now. So, And I got to race Shane's teammate at the time, and yeah, I, I – that that got me my gig that I'm in today. So I would lose them all for that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Just your pace, your professionalism. What was it that they're like? Ooh, this kid's got it. Uh yeah. I, I was was fast when I drove the car, and and uh, I was out of out of place at the time. I was in the car against the main drivers as a co-driver, and that rarely happens often in that race. They try to keep him, mm. you know, aligned, and so I had to race. You know, Shane, Jamie, his teammate jamie wink up wink up yeah and um yeah i was racing jamie and he made a mistake and ended up crashing so um you got uh, in his head oh well they say they say so but yeah um but um yeah that's that was a career defining moment for me are you on the younger side of guys over there being 25 or what what's like the i would be one of the youngest at the one like there's a few young guys that have stepped in but um yeah probably yeah we're me and my teammate are both 25 we're we're pretty young say that you and shane come over here and start racing full-time so, in that case, NASCAR and or America, we'll just say that has stolen three of the V8 Supercars' best guys. Do they just declare all that war on us, or what happens? <laughs> like, v- do they come over here and snag Kyle Larson? Like, what do they do? I saw something where they were like, Shane, why are you doing better this year? He's like, oh, because Scotty f-ed off to America. <laughs> like that was that's what he said in the, in the interview. And I'm like, damn, if Shane comes over here, then we get Brody. They're oh, I forgot about. Uh, I didn't even think about McLaughlin. Yeah, because Scotty yeah. was, I mean, doing it, and then he comes over here and doing it in Indy cars. I mean, what he's been able to do to learn downforce and them things has been. That's been incredible to watch yes. him go through that process. He never raced any open wheelers growing up as a kid either. He just went straight into cars straight away, and it was pretty. When everyone saw that he was going into cars, I was everyone was like, "Wow! Like what a like if you're gonna go big, he went big. Yes, so. dude, big step. Dude, yeah, guy's not scared. He wheels. Do you talk to him much or? Yeah, I, st- I stay in touch with with Scotty quite a bit, and when I got my first full time gig, I sort sort of lent on him a fair bit and tried to. He was the qualifying master back home. Like he was the man that could put down that one lap and qualifying and i tried to you know extract most out of him um as possible when he left so who has given you the best advice going into the weekend oh that's a that's a tricky question me yeah. talking uh, about period i hope, I hope you give <laughs> me some good kidding. advice before i leave but uh i'd probably i'd probably say i'd had a you know coming through when i went back home i got a lot of good advice from paul morris who's uh, actually helping shane out a fair bit at the moment and um he's a traitor yeah he's pretty pretty close with <laughs> dell jr as well over here so who is but he's a Paul Morris. Paul Morris. Is, yep. Does he live over there? He live lives here? over there. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Junior actually went to Australia. I think I want to say '09 and drove one of his supercars. Really? Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're actually quite quite tight. And um, yeah, he's given me a lot of good advice over the years. So I'd probably um. What about SVG? Does he, does he say anything? Or he's like close to the chest. He doesn't say much. Yeah. yeah he doesn't say much. Yeah, he's pretty pretty tight. Marcus around much? You ever reach out to him or? 
No, actually, uh, he sort of, when he went back home, he went out to the bushes somewhere in Tasmania and built a bunch of houses. And <laughs> really? Yeah, it was, um, he sort of disappeared a little bit and just maybe wanted to enjoy his quiet life with his family. So, yeah. but he finally come back to supercars and did some commentating. Mm. So I got to, you know, talk to him a little bit and um, see what he's been up to. And um, I haven't spoken to him prior to coming here. But uh, yeah, I've been I've been trying to talk to people and learn as much as possible and tried to get some out of Shane, but it's very hard. Why why on Wikipedia is your nickname Bush? Well, <laughs> so <laughs> Paul Morris has a track. He's yeah he has his own race track. Okay, and that's uh, they do a lot of driver coaching there and whatnot. So he's probably one of the best in the world for driver coaching for you know road course stuff. He's very good at what he does and, and the way he explains how to work a car to the best of his yeah. abilities on un, un, unreal. So yeah, it was 2019 and i stopped in there i was actually dropping something off and it was pissing down with rain like it was you couldn't even see like is that a lot or like a little trinkle no that is like you cannot see okay yeah like the storm we had here yesterday you can't see anything yeah Yeah. and um he had these two cars that got dropped off by a by a wrecker and uh there were two vt commodores v6 and um and he goes oh let's go out and do some drifting have some fun we'll do a bit of racecraft training he just wanted to have some fun mm-hmm. and um so i was with my cousin well my two cousins kurt and jake and we're out there we're running into each other having a good time like just destroying these things and um it started to dry up a little bit and um of course they're just road cars that were going to get crushed so they got stock brakes on them and so then we started hot dogging them a fair bit <laughs> and, <laughs> and kurt kurt goes to kurt who you've met went yep. to jump in and um, he's like, oh, the brakes feel a bit funny. And I went, oh, don't, don't risk it. We're racing the next week in um, the Super 2 Series. And uh, I said, oh, don't risk it. If it's, you know, if it feels funny, let's just, you know, let's yeah, just call it. Call it a day. We, yeah, we've had our fun for an, an hour and a half. Go and he goes, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do a cool down lap. <laughs> <laughs> so he does a cool down lap. And, um, and, uh, and he goes, oh, I think they're okay now. And no sh- we went down the back straight, so we're doing like 130 kilometers an hour, so probably like 70 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour, and it goes into a real tight hairpin. And um, so Paul's driving the other car, and Kurt's driving this car, and I'm in the passenger seat. And he goes to hit the brake pedal, and he goes, he, he I remember it to this day. He looks at me, <laughs> oh, and he goes, no brakes, no brakes. <laughs> so I unbuckle my seatbelt and jumped out. What? I jumped out at 100, yeah, like 70 miles an hour. Yeah, so and what'd um, you land on in so, the bush? Yeah, so I, <laughs> yeah, so I'm the story. So I've jumped out and I've slid along uh, the grass for uh, maybe 300 meters. I don't, I don't know, like an that doesn't mile or even something. cross my so, no uh, mind. Yeah, so I've slid. I've lost all my clothes because obviously I've gone through grass and mud and it's torn all my clothes off and and I've I've slid up the earth embankment and my cousin <laughs> Kurt has has rode this thing into the in, into a tree. Right, uh-huh. um, and uh, so Paul pulls up to the car, and it was raining hard after where you couldn't really see, so he he didn't see me jump out. <laughs> <laughs> so he pu- he pulls up to this car, and um, he sees Kurt's hopped out, and he's like couldn't breathe because he's you know hit the steering wheel that hard that he's broken his sternum. Oh, oh my! So um, Paul pulls up to the car, and he's like, "Have I killed you know these two kids? Yeah, you know at my track." And um, so Kurt jumps out. He's like laying on the ground. And um, he's like, "You're right," and he goes, "Yeah, I'm alright." And 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 he goes, he goes, "Oh," and he, then he starts laughing. Paul starts laughing, and then Kurt starts laughing. And he goes, "Shut up! I can't breathe. Like I can't breathe." And he goes, "Where's Brody?" And then Kurt goes, "He jumped out." And he goes, "What?" He jumped out. <laughs> and then I I start walking over back from the earth embankment that I've ended up in, and I got sticks hanging out of my ass. No clothes on. <laughs> 
going on and i couldn't even see because i was like i was literally black from all the mud that i was i was covered in. i walk over and he's and um i had nothing wrong with me surprisingly but i walked over to the car and the transmission ended up in the passenger seat holy so the engine the engine yeah the engine moved back yeah so far that pierced through the tunnel and um so it wouldn't have been too good for me if i stayed in the car so i was was pretty happy about that oh my goodness dude who thinks about that like I'm just, I'm uh, just going to eject, eject button here. Let's rewind that story to the point of where he looks over and says, I have no brakes. I have no brakes. Did you run through a list of like, I can ride this out? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say a quick prayer. I'm going <laughs> to jump out and tuck and roll. <laughs> no, but do you, know, do you know why? You know what happened? Do you remember that time we went testing at Greenville on the K&N car? Remind me. I, mean, I, I got, got throttle stuck. I'm gonna, and I went uh, into the wall at turn one. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I I broke my wrist. Oh, I, I fractured my wrist at part of it. So when he said the brakes were feeling a bit funny, I started yeah, thinking. PTSD. I started actually thinking of times like that, and I was like, I'm not doing I'm not doing that. You're not riding it out. I'm not, I'm not riding it. I'm <laughs> done. I am done with that stuff. <laughs> I'm looking, <laughs> I'm for the, looking for the bush. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. So, yeah, we kept that quiet for a while, and then oh the story eventually God. came out. Yeah. So that's where Bush came from. That's where I did from. not expect that. Yeah. So. That's a hell of a story. That was. Yeah. And we're going to wrap it up because of that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh. It doesn't get any better than that. Well, Brody, I wish you well uh, this weekend. Thank Good you. luck. I'm excited to race again with you. And, uh, yeah, any shout-outs for your partners? Who, you got a bunch of them on your T-shirt. Give a couple Give a couple shout-outs to the partners. Yeah, the I think, um, you know, Mobile X, Peter Addison, he um, yeah, founder of Boost Mobile here in America. He's um, started up another business here. It's been in the works for a few years now. And uh, a lot of the partners back home, Sean Partners and the team, my team from back home, Erebus Motorsport, they've been working closely with RCR and and um, trying to help, you know, both sides out and as well as uh, Richard and everyone at RCR for giving me such a great opportunity and can't wait. So Awesome. Yep, don't, don't run into me. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're getting run into. No guarantees, buddy. <laughs> And I only run it. I only run into people I respect. So I mean, last couple of weeks, man, I've had some people frustrated with me. We're gonna talk about his that friends more. have been punching him, yelling at him. Yeah, Ryan Priest hits me in the helmet. Ryan Blaine, they're all named Ryan too. So you should be. <laughs> good. You're not. Your not Ryan. He ain't, yeah. He ain't, yeah he, he's not. He's mad at me now too. Join the Ryan list. There you go. I appreciate you jumping in the studio with us, buddy. It was a good time. Thank you. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brody Kostacki. We ran a little long this week, so we're going to get our Penny for Your Thoughts questions and the Penny Stacker of the Week in Spare Change this Sunday before the race. So tune into that, but make sure you guys like, download, share, rate, review, all the things, and keep stacking pennies. This is Stacking Pennies presented by Mobile One.